Kids Beach Club Training Portal podcast. Kids Beach Club is an after-school program in public schools based around character growth through the lens of Scripture. Yes, Scripture can be taught in public schools. We do it around the country nearly every week. And these podcasts feature different tips to make your beach club the most exciting hour of a child's week. So stick around to learn more. Being in the school for so many years, uh, I had a beach club, and and so uh, I've been on both sides of this, and and uh, have thoroughly enjoyed uh, the partnership that I had uh, as a principal with my club leader. And so a lot of the things that I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you from that perspective. I'm going to come to you with with this is what I experienced as a principal, and I know it's different now. You know, uh, working with so many principals, so many school districts, uh, it is different everywhere you go, and I understand that. Um, but I at least can bring that which I think is, is common. Another perspective that I want to bring to you during our session today is the fact that in this job with school relations, I'm trying to open doors. Uh, that's, that's a lot of my job as I, as I fill out contracts, as I work with central office administrators and school administrators. Sometimes I'm uh, trying to... Uh, talk our way into a district. Sometimes I'm trying to talk our way into a school. Uh, earlier this year I actually had a meeting with the school board uh, where I met with an entire school board and, and, and uh, talking about how Beach Club could, could be advantageous for their community. A verse that comes to mind for me uh, as we talk about this uh, comes out of John, John 4. Uh, when we get to John 4 in his gospel, he's talking about how Jesus uh, left Jerusalem, he's cleansed the temple, and, and uh, there, John 4, 4 is this outstanding verse that says, and he had to go to Samaria, which is uh, kind of a, in, in a Bible that, is, that I believe is God's truth in and out that is not a truthful statement. Jesus did not have to go to Samaria. Nobody went to Samaria, but he did. And he had to because he had some divine appointments there. And the, in, through John 4, you see the story of the woman at the well. And, and you see how that relationship, how he met with, with that individual, changed her life. She went back, told her entire city, here's a man who told me everything I ever did. And it says, many believed because of her testimony. And they invited Jesus to stay two more days. And it says, Christ stayed for two more days. And it clearly says, says they spoke to the woman and said, at first we believed because of your testimony, but now we believe because of His Word. I think that's an amazing statement. When you look at the back of our church, you know, that say that uh, our job is to connect kids to Christ and put a Bible in their hand, that's exactly what it is. We want to present the gospel to them, and we want them to believe us. They want, we want them to hear us, but we want them to believe because of God's Word. And, and so, tremendous challenge. As he leaves that particular city then, it says he went to Galilee. And, uh, and you see that, that statement that says that uh, a prophet has no honor in his own country. So he didn't want to go back to Judah. He wanted to go further north to Galilee. So he went to Galilee. And it says, And the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did. And that is the whole concept. When we talk about partnering with the school... When we're in Beach Club, we are the hands and feet of Christ, okay? We are the mouthpiece of Christ to those kids in Beach Club. But don't think for a minute that there aren't people watching 
what you're doing. And many others are going to receive who we are and they're going to receive who Christ is because of the things they see in us. They're going to see what we do over here and they're going to want to be a part of it. Uh, one of the most exciting things about doing the contracts for school districts is I can't tell you the number of places that I've called and standard thing, you know, I need to know how much the fees are where somebody has said, you know what, you've been with us now a couple of years, we know who you are, we know what you do, and we're not going to charge you anymore. That's happened like three different times this year. Uh, we had a school district whose policy clearly, nobody can come into the school until after 7 o'clock. And then we had the principal fighting for us. We had the secretaries fighting for us. We had the secretaries at the central office fighting for us. And they overturned that policy for Beach Club because they know who we are, they know what we do, and they want us in their schools. So reaching out to the school and partnering with the school is critical because they see who we are. And so it gives us an opportunity to witness. Principal perspective, all right? Putting on that hat now. One of the first things that you can do to partner with your school is align with the culture of your school. Every school, any administrator worth their salt is going to have procedures in place on how things are done. Starts with the parking lot. Can I just tell you, it starts with the parking lot. That seems insignificant. It sounds like absolutely nothing that has to do with Beach Club. But where you park your car is critical. What are the check-in procedures? Unfortunately, in today's culture, check-in procedures are everything. Okay? It is critical to know who is in my building as a building principal. And, and, and most of them have changed their security measures where you can't hardly even get in the building unless you've come through the office. Even though it's after school, just know that when you check in the office, it gives you an opportunity to say hello, to just greet the folks who are there, let them get familiar with who you are, but it also lets them know that you are not trying to bypass the rules. So when I say align with the culture of the school, really we're talking about aligning with whatever their procedures are. And, and parking is one, checking in at the office is one. Um, and I will tell you that as a principal, I had an expectation for all my teachers that you would greet your kids at the door. All right? If my teachers were sitting at their, at their desk when the kids came in in the morning, then inevitably the kids are going to do whatever they want to do. And it's going to look like chaos. But I always found that when my teachers were standing in the hallway, at the door, all right, it gave adult presence in the hallway. If they greeted the kid by name, hey, Paul, good to see you today. I'm so glad you're here. It gives them an opportunity. What I want you to do is make sure you go and sign in over here at the table. We're going to do snacks first today, so grab your snack. And All right. It gives me an opportunity to give structure to the hallway, to give structure to the room that you're doing Beach Club in, and to give a personal greeting to that child. If that child knows I've been spotted, they're more likely to do what they're supposed to be doing. But if they think they've snuck in under the radar, well, you know what kids are going to do if they're under the radar. Whatever they feel like doing. And so it's a, great, uh, it's a great way to start club. It's a great way to transition. Transitions are critical. As a principal, I could not uh, 
give that to my teachers enough. Transitions are critical. If you get those right, the rest of your day goes real easy. Just to sort of, because when kids hear that bell ring, they're done. Woohoo! It's over. And so it gives them the impression school is over, but I'm not finished yet. All right? Here's a group who's ready for me, they're organized. They've got a plan. I'm going to follow the plan. So align with the culture in that kind of thing. Maintain order and structure. I've got to be honest with you. You know, at the end of the day, everybody's tired. All right? Even the kids are a little tired, which means they're going to be a little wound up. Structure is everything. All right? If you have a presentation of chaos in, in and out every day, and we want Beach Club to be fun, so we've got to put that in perspective. We're going to have upbeat songs, and we're going to dance, and we're going to play games, and we're going to do all these things. But you can do that in an orderly way versus kids running around, chasing one another, those kind of things that can happen as well. But if you maintain structure and order, uh, you're going to find that you're going to align to the culture of the school, and they're going to appreciate you a whole lot more. Be accountable and responsible. Biggest deal for me, again, principal hat. My school needs to be ready for instruction, whatever that looks like, all right? And I don't have much staff there first thing in the morning. I've got a custodian who's got to open the building, raise the flags, open all the doors, usually sweep the gym, clean the sidewalks, all those kind of things. If somebody left the school that evening in poor condition, there's no way it's going to be ready for when kids get there. And that goes back to greeting kids at the door. I want them to know I'm organized and ready for them. All right? The people I appreciated who came into my building, they did their function, they, they set it back up like it was when they found it and left it that way, I appreciated. I had some groups. I had some groups that would use my building. Uh, the volleyball group. It was the volleyball teams that would drive me crazy because they would leave the nets up. So every morning at 6.30, I would get there. I would have to go down, take down the volleyball nets because they were just too tired to do it at the, end of the, at the end of their deal. And I would ask them over and over and over. And finally, I just said, you know what? No more volleyball. You cannot use my building anymore because I don't have time to reset it up for school every day. This is a school. Got to be prepared for instruction. I appreciate what you do for kids, but you can't do it here anymore. So be accountable and responsible for the area. Whatever area you're in, just know what the school needs is for it to be set up for instruction the next day. Remember that in a schoolhouse, we're dealing with public money. All right? That is not the principal's money. It is not the teacher's money. It is, it is public money. And there's not very much of it to go around. And so leaving the lights on should, you know, cost money. Uh, locking doors. If the doors are left open and something gets stolen, that costs money. And it's not my money. It's somebody else's money that I was a steward of. And so, you know, when I ask you to be accountable and responsible, just, just remember, you know, the place itself belongs to the public. And so we have to also be accountable for that. And some of those things that we don't think of when we're tired, the day's over, we're ready to go home certainly, all right? 
Finally got that last kid picked up. All right. But how did we leave it? Who's going to come in after us and who's going to find that and how can we leave it for them? Second thing is partnering with the school staff. That's a critical piece. Now, I will tell you, as a principal again, at the end of the school day, I'd spent, I'd spent all day in classrooms, working with discipline situations, you know, doing all those kind of things. At the end of the day, I would go out, I would stand at the circle drive, get the kids loaded on the bus, wave to the parents, all that kind of... I was in my office. When, when that last kid left, I was in my office. So whoever came in at the end of the day, typically I wasn't there to greet them because I was out at the circle drive. And what was happening in the building, most of the time I wasn't a part of because I was sheltered in my office. The most critical person on that staff is the secretary. If I can tell you to get to know anybody well, to cater to anybody on that camp, to love on them, to do fun things, nice things, it's the secretary. Because I will tell you, secretary's office was right outside of mine, and I heard who treated my secretary in the best way, and I heard who treated my secretary poorly. What, it wasn't addressed to me, but it was addressed to my secretary, who I cared for. That person was, was a close worker with me. She's the eyes and ears of the building. I can just tell you that. If your beach club gets off the tracks, the principal's going to know it because the secretary told them. And if your beach club is going really, really well, the principal's going to know it because the secretary told them. And the secretary usually tells a lot of other people. If parents come in and say, you know, I heard y'all have beach club. What is beach club? She's either going to give a resounding, yes, you want to be a part of that, or she's going to give a resounding, eh, you might want to stay away from that. Not always organized. Secretary is the ticket. Now, just to throw this out there, you do realize that Sonic half-price drinks somewhere between two and four when you're gathering for Beach Club. If you found out what the secretary likes, just bring one every now and then. Cost you a dollar for a great ministry to the secretary. Just to say thank you for what you do. We appreciate you being in there. Because you're checking in at the office. We've already talked about that. You're aligning there. So you're going to see the secretary or the, the office assistant, whoever's in there. And it's a great way to connect to them. I will tell you that uh, every time I talk with a principal or a secretary, whether it's at the district level or a campus level, in, in this particular job that I'm doing, I keep a file of what their favorite sonic drink is. Went to Houston a few weeks back. Went to every school that we had in Houston, took them a Sonic drink, knowing what their drink was. Just a way to say hi. It's cheap. It's easy. And it just blows their mind. What? You did what? <laughs> it's a great way to connect with them. Secretary's critical. Greet the principal. As a principal, I always wanted to know who was in my building. Didn't necessarily want an active part in it. Just needed to know who it was. So when you see the principal, greet the principal. Let them know that you appreciate what they do. Ask them if there's any way that you can, you can help. Biggest deal for principals these days, it's testing. It's the high-stakes testing they have to deal with. So if you've, if you've got folks who can tutor, if you've got folks who can work within what they're doing, that's a great way. Just let the principal know, hey, we're here. We're here to help. 
all right? That's a critical deal. Other people to know, it might be the counselor. The counselor may be the critical person who knows the pulse of the building. That's what you're trying to get is, is what's going to, it may be the school nurse. You may have kids in your club that you're concerned about. What, what are they going home to? They may, they may be telling you some things that you're concerned about. The nurse and the counselor are great connections to have because when there needs to be follow-up of some kind, they're good to know, just to check in. Are you all aware that this, you know, this child was telling us today that they haven't had electricity at their house. Is the school aware of that? And there are some things the school can tell you, there are some things they can't. But it's great to have those connections. And if you begin to create those relationships, then you begin to have that whole picture of the kid that you can minister to. We care about their salvation, but we also care about their day-to-day. -day. It's just a critical part, you know, to minister to all of those needs. And then the other person is the custodian. There are some school districts that we have to pay custodial fees for. If you rent the facility, you pay a custodial fee for the time you're there. Very few charge us that because we meet right after school and the custodians are already on duty. It'd be kind of like double dipping on that person. But the custodians do a lot of work. And when you get that person, because we, we rarely ask for any kind of setup, we usually say, no, we're not providing food. They always ask the question, are you providing food? Which typically means, are you, are you doing a meal? You know, do you need the kitchen, those kind of things. And so we always answer that question, no. But we do, quite honestly, we do food. So are we cleaning up that? And, and, and when you get that major spill or whatever, if you have that relationship with the custodian, then when you need that extra table, they're willing to get it for you. Or when that extra spill happens, they're willing to do that and they don't grumble too much. All right. Uh, but know the custodian. Those are, those are critical. The secretary and the custodian, man, they make that building run every day. The third thing I would say is how do you minister to a school? You know, this is, this is where, as a principal, I found um, Beach Club, and more importantly, I found my local church to be a great partner for my school, all right? I was principal of the, in the same community in which I attended church, but it was not the church that was next to my school. And... Uh, but things happen. Things happen at schoolhouse just like they happen everywhere else. When, when kids get sick or pass away or uh, parents get killed in a car accident or, or have the major diseases, these kind of things, and there's ministry needs. I turned to my local church for that. I also found that... that the monies that I had as a school principal, there's, there's two different budgets. You have an operating budget that, that is critical for buying your supplies, your paper, your pens, staplers, all that kind of stuff, you know. And then I had an activity budget. Now, that was when, when we did school pictures and school carnivals and things like that. We always made this little extra pot of money. And I used to be able to do fun things with that. Used to be able to buy things for kids, birthday pencils and stuff like that used to be able to put on faculty luncheons or take them all out to dinner, you know, and, and have a, a faculty dinner someplace. Uh, with, the, with the increase in state testing, all my money goes to tutoring. 
now. And I would venture that's true across the board with schools everywhere. That the money they have, that surplus money that they had to be able to do some of the other things, the optional things, now pretty much goes to tutoring. We've got to pay those extra costs for the kids that didn't get it the first time. So how do you do the fun things now? Well, I called on my beach club, quite honestly. We've got beach clubs and, and churches, you know, plugging into school carnivals. I know, yeah, churches, we do, we do fall festivals and we do, you know, Easter egg things. And, you know, we do some of those things as a church. But you know what? Your schoolhouse does, too. So what a great way for your beach club to be plugged in. Everybody wears their beach club shirts and we man a booth at the carnival. So those parents that you never get to meet, never get to see, now they're coming to you. Oh, Beach Club. You know, you have the brand recognition. They say, I, my child does that, I think. That's, that's the one that kills me, I think. You know, you, you got to know. Surely you know, you know where your child is on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, but there's so many ways to plug into to what's going on in school. They have. I just, just looking back at my, at my own deal. We had parent nights. We had, we had a night at the first of the school year where we invited all of our third grade uh, parents to come in and learn about the third grade curriculum. Then the next night we did fourth grade. The next night, what a great time for somebody to just stand in the hallway and greet people because there's a lot of people come in, they don't know where third grade is. They walk in, they've never been in the schoolhouse before. I just needed somebody standing in the hallway giving directions. Third, our third grade classrooms are down this way. Whose classroom you look for? It's down this way. You know, it's a great way to plug in and get outside a beach club, but just with the school. And to simply ask, how can I help you? What can I do to help you with your program? And that's, and that's what the partnership is, is not being focused necessarily on what, what we're trying to accomplish in the school, but how can we help you accomplish what you want to do? Because when we extend our hand that way, we're going to find that folks extend their hand back to us. Field day, huge. You know, and that's the biggest deal, is, is to, take, to take some time. If you can find a quiet moment, and, and sometimes that requires getting, getting to the school a little, little early perhaps and not right there at the, at the end of the, the end of day mix, is just to ask, how can we help? How can we help? It's a question we sometimes don't ask enough. When we're showing up for an appointment, we, you know, we come with our agenda, we, we walk in the door, we know what we've got to do. Um, we don't always stop to say, what, what's, going, what's going on with you and how can we help? Is there anything that we can do to help you? How can we pray for you? That really, that's a question that offsets people. And always people look and think, well, gosh, I don't have anything bad going on. I can't tell you how many times I've asked, how can I pray for you? And somebody says, well, I really don't have anything bad going on in my life right now. Why do we assume we only need prayer when bad things are going on? <laughs> you know? No, what things are big? What things are big in your life that are coming up that we can support you with? What, you know, what's out there that, that is ahead of you that we can lift you up? Maybe maybe they're not believers in prayer. Doesn't mean we can't pray for them. It means we need to pray all the more. How can we pray? 
I've got a friend who introduced me to uh, uh, a concept. It's, I guess there's a book out there, uh, a fellow named Steve Shogren. Uh, has written a book called Servant Evangelism. Anybody heard of that, Servant Evangelism? Uh, the world would call it random acts of kindness. You know, that's the thing we hear most. But it is doing things for people in such a way that they, it just blows their mind. And I'd give you some ideas of what, what this friend of mine has done. Um, it was July 4th, and uh, the city of Bedford was having a big fireworks display, and... Uh, course with all the mosquito issues he ordered thousands thousands of these little little wet wipe things all right came in the little little containers and it was insect repellent little cloth you pull it out and on one side of the packet he had a, a scripture i think it was maybe john 3:16 that he put on one side of it and on the other side put his church church name church address uh, and he just he and his son set up a tent for for that festival and just gave people insect repellent. And some people would say, well, I don't have any money. So well, it's free. It's free. He says, I, I, I paid $100 for it or something. He said, oh, we, we don't want your money. We just just want you to have some insect repellent. Blew their mind. Said there was people that walked back and forth to see how many they'd give them. He said, every time we walked by, we'd just give him another one. Hey, we'd love to have him. Couldn't, couldn't figure it out. A couple weeks later, he stood in the line of a Chick-fil-A on a Saturday, okay, in the drive through line, and washed cars. And people get upset. I'm not paying you for this. They'd say, I don't want your money. It's free. He said he ended up with about five or six great conversations and had two people pray to receive Christ. And he said, we would just sit there and wash cars. He said they would order, we would wash their car, and they would pick up their order. You know how slow a Chick-fil-A line is on a Saturday. And he said we had about five guys, and we would just hit the car and wash it and, and go. And, and it just baffled people. He said just, it would absolutely blow their mind because somebody had done something for them and asked nothing in return. So just, it's called servant evangelism, and there's a lot of creative ways. You've got to go online, servantevangelism, I think, dot, dot org or dot com, but you can, if you just type in servant evangelism in, in Google browser, uh, there's some great ideas, hundreds of ideas out there of just simple, easy things, inexpensive uh, wonderful ways that you can minister to someone. Just reach out, asking nothing in return, but just say, and they'll ask, why are you doing this? Christ loved me, I love you. That's why I'm here. Matter of fact, we had a man in our first session this morning that said, I joined the church I'm in because they did Beach Club. He said, when I heard that they had a gospel ministry that was in the public schools outside the walls of their church, I knew I wanted to be a part of that church. So if you're out there doing servant evangelism, there's going to be those people who say, you know what, I want to be a part of someone who has that kind of mindset. Someone who understands that ministry is outside the walls and, and something beyond. And that's what partnering with schools about. It sounds pretty, gosh, you know, we've got to do that for the school and that for the school. 
they're watching us. And that's the best thing that we can do. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kids Beach Club Training Portal Podcast. We want to do all we can to help you reach those most impressionable in our public schools. To learn more about Kids Beach Club, our church partnerships, and the after-school program, please visit kidsbeachclub.org.